0: So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today I am going to be a little controversial and what I really want to talk about is the absolute sack of shit that society has cultivated over the last 50 or so years, which tells us that unless we are prepared to take crazy risks, that the idea of an early retirement or financial freedom before retirement age is just unattainable. So, there's so many ideas that I'm going to kind of bring into the discussion today. And I want to be really crystal clear that, you know, first of all, I had to ask the question whether I'm actually even allowed to swear on a podcast and um. Hopefully, uh, I haven't offended anyone, but I guess the real sentiment behind what I'm trying to say is that I think far too many people are polite about the topic of wealth building. It's turned into a very conservative, suit-wearing industry. And if you Google the word wealth and then go and look at the news, I just find it sort of hysterically funny and riveting, almost like watching a car crash or, or a train wreck in that it's just perpetuating this idea that in if you do anything outside the norm, you know, do it at your own peril, expect to be harmed. And, you know, there's a, an entire industry of wealth professionals who are educated in one tiny sector of uh, wealth building, whether it's you know shares or managed funds or property. And then they believe that it gives them the right to speak holistically about wealth building. The best example I can give you of this is the financial planner who may be incredibly well-versed on the topic of legislation around retirement funding and insurances and things like that, but who has maybe a fairly theoretical or cursory understanding of property or a cursory understanding of wealth building and money management, and yet speaks to their clients as if they are experts in all of those things. I think there's a massive incongruence between the number of people wearing hats claiming to be wealth gurus, and yet at the same time, they themselves are not investing in their own product or they are certainly not financially independent. Um, And you know, the, the flip side of that is the number of people who have built their wealth from earning income telling people how to manage their wealth rather than from having made good investment decisions themselves. There's a few threads of ideas that I want to talk about today. So let me, let me start at the beginning. I think that society tells us that the train to financial freedom is a slow one. And if you think about it from a number of different levels, I can understand why this belief or, you know, paradigm has come about and why governments I guess, reinforce that belief. And, you know, as I said before, the perception is that if you deviate from what is known, what is regulated, that it must be dangerous. But if you believe that, then it will be true. It's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't actually believe in a silver bullet. I don't believe that there's a way to get rich fast. You know, you've got to do the hard yards, but I think there's a lot of self-made business owners, a lot of self-made entrepreneurs, CEOs who have, you know, hustled hard and worked hard to build their status as uh, leaders in whatever it is that they're good at. And then they're expected to put their money into these fairly mediocre performance investments, partly because they believe it will be safe and partly because they believe they have no other choice. And so, it's it's pretty uninspiring for a lot of people, you know, when they think about like, how am I going to build wealth? So, if I were going to suggest a paradigm shift, it's to start thinking about this concept of velocity of money. And I've talked about this in past podcasts, where, you know, you got to start thinking like the banks and the retirement funds, which is they tell us, put your money with us, we'll look after it, and we'll pay you a pretty piss poor rate of return on it. And then they go and use that money to invest it over and over and over again to get maximum velocity so they can make as much money as they possibly can. They gouge with fees, they gouge with, you know, taking on risks. they they subject that money to, you know, ups and downs of market turbulence. And then hopefully, At some point in the future, you have the money that you need to live comfortably in retirement, although as we know full well, that is certainly becoming less and less the case. The governments support this, as I said earlier, because it's in their interest to have us working as long as possible. Some of you may have heard the discussions that have been circulating for some time now about the loss of brains trust in the workforce as particularly the baby boomers start to retire and the gaping holes that that is leaving in the workforce and you know there's all sorts of schemes at the moment to try and get people to stay in the workforce longer because they need those skills they need that wisdom and so from that perspective i see why the idea that retirement is getting pushed further and further out into the future makes makes sense it's uh, you know supports the society, it, it keeps the wheels moving. But here's the here's the thing that I want to kind of I guess frame up for you as a potential paradigm shift. I'm not arguing for people to retire and, and go and play golf all day, every day, or or you know, take up art classes or, you know, become a useless member of society. What I'm arguing for is that people Set out to achieve financial freedom or the financial freedom that they need well before retirement age so that they can go out into the world and have the impact that they want. Whether that means um, continuing to run their businesses, whether it means having an impact in the world that that might be different to the the pathway that you're currently on, where you can use your wealth to, you know, influence the people in your community, your children other members of your family. So, you know, I think about the the number of people you've met in your life who hate what they do. They just hate it, but they do it because they have to. They do it because it puts food on the table. They do it because the investment portfolio they have isn't enough to carry them through the lifestyle cost, the the baseline lifestyle cost that they have created. I want to tell you just very quickly about a client of mine we'll call him Frank just for now for want of a better name. He has a great property portfolio. He has worked really hard. I mean, I can tell he's worked really hard. I can tell he's been a great steward of his money, that he has suffered from massive delayed gratification. He talks about his financial needs being extremely modest. And in fact, the property portfolio he already has is throwing off more income than he actually needs to live. But at the same time, He's one of those guys that sees the responsibility of um, continuing to grow his financial base. He feels he has a responsibility. you know he has children that he wants to leave a financial legacy to. He recognizes that there's a an element of impact and that you know he enjoys the idea of you know taking stewardship and investment to the next level. So, the process that we're going through is we've actually set a new passive income goal. We've set a new INCOSI goal. Um, We're analyzing what he already has. At the moment, it just looks like one big bucket of investments that spits out a bit of money. He hasn't bothered to separate each asset into its own kind of bucket so that he can analyze like who are the winners and where are the lame ducks. Um, he's not making holistic decisions about how he manages his wealth and what he does with it. So, you know, once we've been through that exercise, we're identifying what percentage of his capital he's happy to put into the world of alternative investments, which, you know, will g- are going to give him anywhere from, say, 8 to 12% conservatively net income returns. And what we've worked out is even if we took the bottom of that, the bottom of that range, 8%, and we said, let's put a small fraction of your capital into those kinds of assets, let's split that amount into many, many buckets, we're gonna increase his current passive income by 50% in the next three to four years and match what he has achieved by slogging it out over the last 30 years. Now, right there, that is a mic drop. Um, we're not asking him to take on a whole lot of risks. We're certainly not asking him to liquidate any of what he's got. It's about tweaking what he already has in play and optimizing the cash flow from his overall portfolio. And that is, I talk about this all the time, it's what I call having your cake and eat it too. Once you've done the hard yards to build a good capital base, this idea of transitioning to financial freedom is an easy one. It's really about just saying what is the minimum amount of capital that I need to take, deviate from the traditional path and put into alternative to really, you know, anywhere from 2x to 5x my passive income stream. And for a lot of people, if they could do that right now, it would lead to game over. So, Frank is a great example of what I see all day every day as being the entrepreneur who has the right mindset, has done all the right things, but just is kind of not firing on all cylinders. So if I were going to give you some action steps to consider in terms of how what to do about this, frankly, bullshit that we've been told about what wealth building should be, is number one, get access on your freedom formula. Go back to the podcast I recorded on this and get some clarity in terms of depth around what it means, but get clarity about what you want what would life altering passive income be for you? Secondly, work out how to create a higher level of stewardship, optimize what you already have. How do you step up your stewardship? How do you kind of move to the next level in terms of, instead of thinking about your assets as a big bucket, start to pull them apart. Who's giving you advice on what? What's working, what's not? And then the third thing is start working at how much capital you would need to have working for you. If you say, had a rate of 8 to 10% net income coming off it to get where you want to go. And then the final thing that I would say is challenge the board of advisors that you currently have. Why are they challenging you and pushing you down a certain pathway when it comes to your investing? You know, is it that they have a vested interest? Is it that that's all they know? Is it that they genuinely have your best interest at heart, but- that's the scope of their capacity to offer you products and investments. So, guys, I hope you found this useful. I, I really genuinely believe that this point in history is better than any other point in history to start, you know, I guess, flexing your mind to a different way of doing things. I think this idea of retirement at 65 is redundant. I think that more and more people are frustrated with the system. All these people I know who are self-made, who didn't inherit a whole lot of money from their parents, they've made it themselves, whether it's through sheer grit or just talent, but it's your responsibility if you earn great income to convert that into wealth. It's it's the gift that this life has given you. And if you want help with that, if you if you like this idea of, understanding your freedom formula and how to you know, massively bring forward your financial freedom or retirement, get in touch, send me an email, send me some questions, and uh, I'll certainly see if I can help. Take care, guys. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to To learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.